This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Good having you out here this morning. Praise the Lord. And I'm excited about the, the series this month. And the title of it is Miracles of Christmas. How many people believe that God is still the same? Amen. Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, but Thank you, I want to walk in miracles. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to walk in the, the miracles of God. And, uh, and so, you know, we're talking about miracles and we're taking some of the, the people that are in the Christmas story and um, and expounding on some of the lives of the people that's been affected by Jesus. And I'm going to say this, that when you encounter Jesus, you will never go away the same. Amen. You will always be changed. Amen. And Jesus will change us. Glory to God. And so last week we talked about the three wise men. And uh, we talked about that. Uh, the key was that that wise men still seek Jesus. And so if, you know, it, it, you know, the Bible says it's the foolish man that doesn't seek God. It's the foolish man that doesn't even believe in God. It's the foolish man that doesn't uh, consider God. But I don't think we have any foolish people in here today, do we? Amen. Amen. You are here this morning because you are considering the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we know that wise men still seek him. And, you know, as I'm meditating on this. I don't know about you, but I want to live. I don't. I just don't want to live an ordinary life. I, I, I don't want ordinary. How many people want ordinary in here? I want extraordinary. I want to see what you know. Jesus really never. He never. He didn't die to give us a boring, humdrum life. Oh, you hear what I'm saying, Jay? But unfortunately, when you think about Christianity, a lot of times you think of Christianity boring. These people don't have any fun there. It's boring. You got you go to a boring church service and you hear boring message. Hopefully not here. Amen. Amen. Hopefully you're not going to be bored here. Amen. But if you do fall asleep, we do have ushers that will be slapping you upside the head, keeping you awake. Amen. So don't fall asleep on me. Amen. No, I'm kidding. But uh, but I might do that. But anyway. uh, But anyway, we 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 I don't want a boring life. I want an extraordinary life. And I love this scripture in John and Jesus, you know, he said that it's a dividing line of the Bible. In John 10, he said it's the thief, uh, which the thief is the devil. Yes, there's a devil out here and he's here to steal, kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You know, when I think about Christmas time, it can be the, the best time of a lot of people's lives. Christmas time can be very exciting. And a lot of people are excited around Christmas. How many people are excited about Christmas and all that? But also it can be the worst time for a lot of people. Have you ever noticed that? They did studies and they found that there's more people that commit suicide during the the season of Christmas than any other season. And so it can be the worst time. Why? Why why is that? Because I think what what the enemy wants to do is because Christmas is at the end of the year, you start evaluating your year. And have you ever do that? You, you, you start evaluating because we're coming to the end of the year. We're coming to New Year's pretty soon. And I think we evaluate. And for us Christians, um, we may be evaluating the prayers that we prayed and the promises we have not seen. Has anybody prayed any prayers out here and haven't seen the fullness of the promises yet? 
Amen. And so I think what happens is, is that we allow um, disappointment. We allow these things to crowd in into our life. And uh, we have to uh, 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 not focus on those things. I think a lot of times, like I said last week, I, th- I think that we get more focused on ourselves a lot of times. We're more focused on ourselves than focusing on the mission that God's calling us to do. And that's to reach out to others. So a lot of times we get inward focused, but we need to be outward focused. Somebody say outward focus. And so we need to get in. Uh, we, we need to get out that inward focus. And I think people that are sad, they're more focused on, you know, what has not happened. And what I'm going to say this to you, if you're going to walk in the joy of the Lord, you need to start focusing on what God has done for you and not for what God has not done Amen. in your life. Yes. Amen. Thank you for some amens out there. So, so I don't know about you, but I want to, I want the, the blessings of God in my life. And so we're going to look at a, a story, uh, of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And let's look at this. This is in the book of Luke. And we're going to be reading from Luke 1, 5 through 25. You're going to get all your reading for the weekend this morning. Amen. Now, I'm going to read it, but let's go to Luke 1, 5. Thank you for that silence. It really makes me feel good. But anyway, I know you guys study the Bible every day, don't you? You know, we're getting an app on our, on our um, church website, and it's going to be a one-year app on, on reading the Bible through the entire year. And it's going to have a commentary on it, and it's going to bless you your socks off. Amen? We'll be launching that at the first of the year. And we, I want every member of this church reading their Bible every day. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I, you know, amen. So we're going to get that to you. And to tell you the truth, I've been, uh, it's a commentary that Highlands Church uses. um, And um, there's a pastor that writes a commentary uh, and uh, Larry Stockstill, and he's a pastor of a mega church um, somewhere in the U.S. And and he, uh, and he writes, he's he's an excellent writer and he does like a little, um, you know, a little synopsis on on what you're reading. He does like a little overview on some of the things you're going to read through the year. And it kind of helps you crystallize um, what you're studying in the Bible. It's good to have help. Amen. That's why I'm here helping you this morning. Praise God. Now let's look at this. Uh, Let's look at Luke 1. It says here, uh, Luke 1, verse 5 through 25. It says, um, there was in the day of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of uh, Abijah, and his wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walked in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were advanced in years. Now, this is interesting. Um, when, when you're seeing this account of their lives, you see that they were righteous before God. You see they were walking in God's commandments and ordinances, and they were walking before the Lord blameless. But they were barren. Uh, Elizabeth was barren. They didn't have the blessing of children. In other words, uh, they weren't seeing the fruit of their faithfulness. And I'm going to say this to you today that there, there's always a process of time before you really see the blessings of God in your life. I'm, you know, the Bible says it this way, that there's seed, time, and harvest. 
And I like to say it this way. Uh, seed time means you're planting. But I like to spread it out. Seed time. Everybody hates the time part, don't they? <laughs> Who wants to wait in here? Amen. Seed time and then harvest. So we have to understand that there's a process in receiving the answered prayer from God. Amen. And so, but nobody likes that. And I want to say this to you this morning. You may be believing God for some things and you may be standing and doing the right things. um, And you may not have seen the blessing yet in its fullness or its entirety, but keep standing. The Bible says, once you've done all, stand and keep standing. Amen. The Bible doesn't say drop on your knees and start begging God. God, it hasn't happened yet. You know, Uh, but no, no. It says stand and keep standing. I like what the Bible says. It says enter, uh, uh, you know, go into his presence with thanksgiving, his courts with praises, enter in with boldness because of the blood of Jesus. You know, you can enter into the throne room of God with boldness because of the blood. The blood of Jesus puts us in right standing with God. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so here we see that these people were, were doing the right things, but they were still barren. You know, uh, this is the key here. There's two, two keys I want to say that, that even though that they were barren, they were still doing the right things. Doesn't mean that God was trying to hold back their blessing to teach them something. Uh, you know, sometimes we think when we're not seeing the promise manifested in our life, sometimes we think either God is holding it back or we're doing something wrong Amen. or the devil's hindering it. Amen. It's, it's one of those three. Isn't it one of those three? Yes. Unless if the devil's not in your theology, you don't believe he's around, then, you're, you're, then you need to wake up because he is. And he will hinder some of the, the blessings of God in our lives. Amen? Amen. And so we have to understand that. We, we can see that the, the devil tried to hinder Daniel back in the Old Testament when he received a vision from God. And so he received a vision from God. But, and he prayed. And uh, this kind of works in with our 21 days of fasting. And the Bible says he prayed 21 days. And, and he abstained from eating donuts and... Um, Hello. He abstained from eating all the junk food and he just ate like vegetables. Amen. You know, like salad, you know, like rabbit food. Oh, how many people love salad out? How many people love broccoli out here? You guys are strange. But anyway, (laughs) I, 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 I like donuts, duck donuts for me personally. But anyway, um, you can bring them in to church if you want. But, but anyway, um, uh, so anyway, Daniel started abstaining from what I like to say the natural things uh, to he wanted to a spiritual result. He wanted some answers. And I'm going to say this to you today. You might be believing God for some things. You you may not have seen it yet. OK, but uh, I'm going to say this. Maybe you need to disconnect from the world. Maybe you might need to what Yin said might fast Facebook. Oh, pastor, are you serious? If I don't get a, at least one or two likes a day, I don't know what I would do with myself. Amen. But maybe you might need to disconnect from the world. And because that's what fasting does. It disconnects you from the world. And then you need to get into the word and get connected to God. 
And in the process of that, God can reveal truth to you and set you free. Amen. And so, and so we're going to be starting that. And I want to encourage you to start getting ready for that because I believe that God has more for you. Look at your neighbor and say, God has more for you. Look at your other neighbor and go, I, I don't not, I'm not too sure. Ah, no, God has more for your other neighbor as well. Amen. And so God has more for you. And I think this is the key is that, that I think we get complacent and we and we get sort of we allow the disappointments. And, and because we sometimes some of us have been doing serving God so faithfully, we haven't seen the fullness of the blessings. And some of us are in here are probably about ready to quit. And I would say this to you today. You're closer than you think. Amen. And I'm going to say this today. Don't give up. Amen. Keep pressing in. Into the uh, into the things of God. I, I, I have a couple of scriptures for, for those that might be thinking about throwing in the towel. Can I say this? Uh, quitters or winners never quit and quitters never win. Amen. I made that up. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, quitters. <laughs> what did I say? Winners never quit and quitters never win. And I'm not looking at quitters out here. I'm not looking at e-losers out here. I'm looking at conquerors. I had to think about that for a second. I'm looking at conquerors. Amen. I know some of you saying, he's just trying to pump us up. Amen. Yes, I am. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some hope in you. See, see now you see, see some people that are in the struggle. I like to say the valleys of life, you know, it's, you know, the enemy's trying to steal hope from them. Hope is an earnest expectation of good things to come. And so, so the enemy's trying to steal your hope. Your hope is your anchor. That keeps you when the winds and the storms and the waves of life try to get you off course. You've got to have your hope to stay in place. And I'm saying hope this morning. I'm not saying dope. Amen. Don't be moving towards the dope. You need hope. Amen. Dope is a short-term fix with a long-term misery. Hope will take you to the other side. Amen. Do you believe that today? So Hebrews 10.35, the Amplified. Let's look at that. It says here, Do not therefore fling away fearless confidence, for it has glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising. So that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. That's powerful. You know, in other words, he's saying here that we don't want, it says here, do not fling away your confidence. Do not cast away your confidence. Amen. See, the Apostle Paul was writing to some of the Hebrew uh, Christians, and some of them were having so much pressure about living this Christian life, they were thinking about going back into Judaism. And they were thinking about going back into that. And, and just before that, he says, if you go back to Judaism, then there's no more sacrifice for you any longer. Amen. In other words, as Christians, if we go back into the world and start serving the devil, then, then the blood of Jesus is not effectively working for us any longer. Amen. It's only when we're serving God with a pure heart and walking in the light, that's when the blood of Jesus is working effectively in each one of our lives. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. 
Pastor, you're one of these fire and brimstone pastors, aren't you? Yes, I am. Amen. Because sometimes I think we need to get a little reverent in the things of God. Sometimes we need a little hell preaching every once in a while. Because I think sometimes we get too lackadaisy with God. We get too familiar with God. Yes, God, but God is, yes, your heavenly father. But you've got to have a, a respect and an honor towards God. And that's a key to seeing some good things in God. Amen. Amen. In Galatians 6, 9, I like this one. It says, let us not lose heart or grow weary. This is the Amplified Classic. Let us not lose heart or grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time at the appointed season, we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. So he says, at the due time, point season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax courage and faint. Amen. So, so, so this is the key here. The, the struggle is really the process of the time and the pain is the sowing that we don't see immediate results in. So, so the struggle really is the, is, the, is the time that we're waiting before we pray the prayer, and then there it is. Well, Daniel, when he prayed, and he prayed for 21 days, and he fasted and prayed and sought the Lord, he abstained from some things, it kept him focused on God. And I'm going to say this, when you're in your valley, you've got to stay focused on God and not the circumstances and not the problems of this life. And when you say focus on God in the valley, you'll, you'll end up on top of the mountain. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so, so Daniel, he focused himself in the book of Daniel. He focused himself. He abstained from foods. He fasted. And the angel came and gave him a word. And the angel said to Daniel, we all know the story, that God heard you the first day you prayed. Why did it take 21 days for him to get the answer? Well, the angel said that there was a, a demonic presence. There was the prince of Persia, a demonic uh, uh, angel, uh, one, one of the devils, uh, Satan's uh, archangels, you know, one of them that fell. Well, they still have power. You know, demons still have power in this earth realm. They may be falling, but they are still opposing God and they're opposing mankind. And so they're here. That's why we have to pray. That's why we got to believe. See, the more you pray and believe, the more angels are dispatched on your behalf. That's why a prayerless person is a powerless person. Can I get an amen or oh me? So anyway, you'll be powerful if you're standing and praying the word of God. Let's look at uh, Luke 8 here. And let's continue on this on this account of Zacharias. It says here, just going down a little further, it says, so it was that why uh, Zacharias, why he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside of the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is Zacharias standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. I'm going to say this. When you see an angel, you might get a little freaked out. Because I, I hear that angels are big, tall, huge, and they can freak you out. And uh, some of you are praying, God, I want to see an angel. You may be careful about that prayer. Amen. 
It may freak you out for a little bit. Because it seems like every time an angel would appear, they would always say, fear not. Amen. Why? Because, whoo, man, you get freaked out. So it's here, even though Zacharias was, a, was an honorable man and he was walking with the Lord, he still had a, uh, a fear that fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you should call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. Somebody say joy and gladness. Joy and gladness. See, listen, when you get answered prayer, the Bible says hope deferred makes a heart sick. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, that means when you don't see your prayers being answered, you, you can almost get sick in your stomach. Amen. Or you're right. Hope for, but, 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 but when you see your prayers gets answers and, you, and God's answering your prayers, there's joy that's connected with that. There, there's, there's the joy that's connected to answered prayer. And this is really interesting because you can find keys when you read the Bible. Some people, and I say traditional Christians and traditional preachers, will read a commentary that somebody wrote on prayer. And they will say, well, and, and the Bible says, when you pray, believe that you receive it, you should have it. But there's another place that it says, when you pray, some commentators say, you got to keep praying over and over and over again. Say, if you're, if you're asking for a specific thing. Um, but um, here it said, your prayer, not prayers. Just, just want you to think about that. That God has heard your prayer about having a baby, not your prayers. So what am I saying here this morning? I'm saying sometimes what we need to do is we need to pray in faith and start believing that God's working on the situation. But if we pray and keep asking God the same thing over and over again, we didn't pray in faith the first time. And we start building up unbelief in our system. But when you pray, you believe, you pray and believe and thank God it's happening. And you keep praising and giving thanks to God until it manifests. Can I get an amen in the audience today? Amen. Praise God. So it says, so, so we see here that um, it said that God heard his prayer. And God, listen, God is listening to your prayers, folks. Listen, if you're sincere, see, one of the biggest lies that the devil will try to play on you is that God doesn't listen to you. God cares about you. He cares about your life. He cares about about even the smallest things in your life. And you can pray about the smallest things, even a parking spot at the mall. We got some amen people here. Now, now you, now, you, now you can be one of those, you know, activist enthusiasts that likes to park their car a thousand miles away from the mall so you can speed walk to the mall. And that's okay, too. Amen. But you don't have to believe God for those parking spots. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says here, and Zacharias said to the angel, now this is important, how we respond to the word of God and how we respond to the uh, let me say again, how we respond to the word of God will affect how we receive from the uh, word of God. Can I say that again? How we respond to what the word is being preached to us, like today, you're sitting here in the audience. How you respond to what I'm saying, if you have good ground and you have a humble heart and you have a heart for truth, 
God's going to reveal truth to you and, and will help you get out of your issue and bring that promise into your life. But if, you, if you're not responding with a, with a, a heart of, of humility and we, you have a little pride there, then as they say in New York, forget about it. Forget about it. Amen? For all the New Yorkers out there. Some of you will catch my humor. Amen. And so Zachariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man. And my wife is well advanced in years. In other words, God, you're just way too late. Have you ever felt like God was way too late? Have you ever felt like that God is always too late? That he's, you know, they say, you know, listen, listen, God's never too late. He's always on time. Because God knows everything. We see from one perspective, God sees from 360. And we don't know everything that's going on. Just like Daniel. He, he didn't understand why it took 21 days. And you know what? I believe 21 days was just a, was a time that, that the angel of God was able to break through the defenses of the enemy and get that answer to Daniel. But you know what? It could have went on for 50 days. It, but I believe that Daniel had set his heart to know. And so really, it's not about the time. It's not about the 21 days. It's about, are you setting your heart to know? Are you hear what I'm saying today? Sometimes we get hung up on the 21 days. And I know we do that in the first year. We do 21 days. But are you setting your heart to know? Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So you need to set your heart to know. And, and when he set his heart to know, no matter what the obstacles are, you're going to get your answer. See, I don't like this type of preaching well, that, that, where the preacher says, well, God sometimes says yes, and God sometimes says no, and God sometimes says maybe. Well, that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says God always says yes. Now, it may not be in the way you want him to say yes. It may not be in the way you want him to say yes. It may not be the way you think he should say yes. Are you here? Like I prayed for a building, a multi-million dollar building. And, I, and, you know, I was praying for my own building and I got it right here. Multi-million dollar building. I didn't have to deal with construction. I didn't have to deal with any kind of stress. I don't even have to clean the place. I don't even pay for electricity. Hallelujah. But I do want my own building. (laughs) And I'm waiting faithfully for the day that we have our own building. (laughs) And we're getting a building in 2018. I'm prophesying it now. You got to get sick and tired. I'm in sick and tired. And I'm done renting. See, you got to get passionate. That's one of my keys. If you're going to see a miracle, see, the, the, the wise men were passionate. They, they you know, they're, the key to their miracle was seeking Jesus out. See, can I get out of my chair? Yes. <laughs> you see, man, now I'm going to go, man. <laughs> I thought the pastor was an old man sitting in that chair. I'm not an old man. My youth is renewed like the eagles. You see, these, these wise men, they sought out Jesus. They were willing to do whatever it took to get to Jesus. They pressed through months and months of travel to get to Jesus. They pressed through every obstacle to get to Jesus, but they got to Jesus. Amen. And sometimes you're going to have to get, you're going to have to seek 
the miracle to get the miracle. In other words, sometimes we got to get so passionate of what we don't have that we go after with we go after that thing that we want to have. And if you lack passion in your walk with God, then forget about seeing the greatness of God in your lives. And we got to get passionate like the wise men. They got passionate about what they wanted from God. And they wanted to see Jesus. And God revealed truth through the scriptures. And these wise men sought Jesus out to, to worship him. And you know what? They realized, and you've got to realize this, that you can't out-bless God. When you start blessing God, the blessings come back on you. These wise men knew that. They knew, how can we bless God so we can position ourselves to see an overflow blessing on us? See, when you start blessing, you say, how do you bless God? Well, stick around, I'll let you know. Amen? How do you bless God? By serving Him faithfully and obedient. Being obedient to Him by worshiping Him. Amen? By, by blessing other people. Amen. What, Pastor? When you bless somebody else, you bless God. Amen. Thank you for that amen. amen. That's how you bless. What you've done to the least of these, Jesus said, you've done unto me. In other words, when you start blessing people out of a heart of love, the blessings will come back on you a hundredfold return. Do you believe that today? And so we need to understand that, that, that one of the ways that the miracle comes in is through you seeking the miracle passionately. There's a lady in, in the Gospels, she had, a, she had a, what they called an issue of blood. She had a problem. She had a disease. Anybody suffering this morning with any disease? Anybody suffering this morning? Well, Jesus is the answer. Amen. And she heard about Jesus. She heard about him going around healing people. She heard about that. She was confined to her house as a Jewish woman. She was not supposed to mix with the people out in the streets because of her problem. She spent all that she had on medical science and grew worse. Sometimes the doctors can make it worse. Now, thank God for doctors. We're not against doctors. Doctors are, you know, they have their place. They're, 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 praise God for doctors because I'm telling you, a lot of, there'll be a lot of dead Christians out here without doctors. Amen. We need, doc, we need doctors because, you know, if you don't have faith, go to a doctor. <laughs> if, you don't, if you can't believe God in the scriptures, you better get to the doctor. Amen. Now, now again, let me, let me clarify this. You can have faith and still go to the doctor. Get the report and start believing God. Start believing God that he's a miracle worker, that he can change the situation. And this lady that had an issue of blood, she spent all that she had. She was flat. You know, what's, what's, what's bad? What's bad is being sick. What's even worse is being sick and broke. Amen. She was broke and she was sick. And so, but she heard about Jesus, the Bible says, and she thought about it, Jesus, and she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she had this persistent faith. She had this seeking faith. She was seeking the miracle. And she started pressing through the crowd in her weakened state, touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And you know what? Jesus turned around. The power 
of God came out of his out of his clothes because the power of God can be resident in garments. And it came out and she was made whole that very day. Sometimes you got to get passionate and seek God with all your heart and have a no give up attitude. Amen. There was a, one of my other favorite stories is blind Bartimaeus. You know, he heard about Jesus. He was blind and he saw and, he, and Jesus was walking by and he started screaming out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. He was seeking the miracle. And people around him said, listen, you've been blind for so long, man. You, I mean, it's a good trade you got. You got your blind coat on. You know, you, you get get handouts all the time. You don't have to work. You can be on, you know, you can just get the handout. He didn't want that. You know, there's more for you. There's more for you. And you know what? He just kept saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. And some of Jesus' disciples said, be quiet. He doesn't want to hear from you. You're a nobody. No, God specializes in turning nobodies to somebodies. And so what did he do? No, he kept, he kept speaking louder. Jesus, how loud are you speaking to the circumstances in your lives. And he kept speaking, Jesus, have mercy. And Jesus, it got Jesus' attention. And Jesus said, bring him here. And he said, what do you want? He says, I want to say, and what, what he did was he dropped off his beggar coat, coat, which means he already had faith. He wasn't going to go back to begging anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And Jesus gave him his sight. He, he sought the miracle out. He had passion. He pressed through obstacles. And some of us have to get some passion. We got to get some what I call grit. Does anybody have any grit in here? Now, I'm not saying grits that you eat in the morning. You know what I'm talking about. We got to get grit. Look at your neighbor and say, get some grit. I'm not a grits man myself. But anyway, I'm, I'm an oatmeal man. But anyway. Hallelujah. So we see here that, that, that that's one type of miracle, but there's another type of miracle, and, and, and it's what Zechariah fell in. You know, Zechariah fell in this miracle, Zechariah fell in this miracle, and I call it the serving miracle. What, what, let, me, let me explain this to you. The serving miracle is that you have been believing God, but you've been faithful in serving God, and at the appointed time, the miracle drops. It's, it's, it's the miracle that you're in church and you weren't expecting to be healed that day from whatever ailment. And, so, and, and, and some, something happens. You're worshiping God in the praise of the word. And all of a sudden, God just knocks your socks off and heals you. Bam. You know, I, I call it, I, it's, it's that sovereign miracle of God. He just drops the miracle down and you weren't even expecting, you weren't even seeking it that hard. You were just in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing in the right way and the blessing drops. Some of us are missing our blessings because we're not in the right place, doing the right thing at the right time in the right way. We're not, we're out of place. And when you get into place, that's when God can start working miracles in your lives. Some of us don't have a church home. And some of you are visitors. You're looking for a church home. You need to find the place that God's calling you to so you can walk in the open blessings of heaven. 
And when you find that place, stay there until you see the fullness of the promises of God. We have people that are here today, and I'm telling you, they've been attending this church for many years, and they've had blessings on top of blessings. They came in really in bad shape, like that, but they were really bad off. Like some of your visitors that might be today. Amen. You may look good on the outside, but working's got some things on the inside that you need cleaned up. Are you hearing what I say? And, uh, and so, but they came in, but God started restoring their lives. God is a restorer. Amen. He's looking to revolutionize your life. Yes. He, wants to, he wants to show you off. And so, and so I call it the serving blessing. You know, there was a man that was... Uh, that was in the scriptures. He had a withered hand. And he was, he was, in, he was in the synagogue. It, that was a church at that time. And Jesus was there. And it, it was on a Saturday. And, and the Pharisees were always watching Jesus because he was always upsetting the Pharisees. And I'll tell you, miracles upset religious people. Amen. Why? Does miracle, because they just want to believe the miracles out of, God, out of God's word. Jesus says, you, you know, to some of the Pharisees, you don't understand the power of God. No, no, there's power in the word of God. There's power in prayer. There's power in being faithful. Are you hearing me today, saints? And the man had a wither right hand. And Jesus saw the Pharisees. They were going to watch him because they, they wanted to try to. They, they were seeing if he was going to work on the Sabbath. Work a miracle on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, hey, guys. Watch this. Son, stick out your hand. And then that man had a withered hand. He said, stretch it out. And he started stretching out. All of a sudden, that withered hand started stretching out. And started raising up to God. And then his other hand raised up. And he had a whole hand. Some of us here in this church today, we are... We have a withered hand in some area of our life. In other words, there's an area in our life that's not working. But you're here today. And I want to say this to you today, that God can fix that area in your life that's not working. God can can come down, reach into your world, and fix that thing that's not working. All because you just showed up. Just showing up. As I always say, you beat out 90% of the people. Just showing up. Just showing up. The miracles of God can drop into your lives. Amen. And so we see that. And, and you know, this is the three uh, keys here uh, about about um, Zacharias. Zacharias, he responded wrong. And when he responded wrong, the angel said to him, uh, you know, listen, because he responded wrong in unbelief. The angel really a lot of people thought that the angel really smacked him down because he shut his mouth. Uh, you know, he said, you're not going to be able to speak until the baby's born. Right. And so we thought, well, he got rebuked by the angel and the, and the angel really had his way with him. But really what the angel did was protect him and protected the miracle. Amen. Let me explain why. Because our words can destroy the miracles that God has for us in our lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, our words that's not lining up with God's word, and if our words are lining up with circumstances, and if our words are are words that are stout against God, or if our words are saying, oh, God doesn't ever hear me, nothing ever works out for me, I never see any miracles, my prayers are never answered, then guess what? Out of your mouth, so shall it be. And you need 
a church start changing the way you speak about your relationship with God, your relationship with others, your relationship with yourself. You need to start speaking right things. For instance, maybe you're not that faithful to God. But every time I pray, I say to God, Lord, this is your faithful son speaking to you right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. And the more you say it, the more you become it. Somebody say a miracle is in your mouth. So there, there's, there, 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 you know, it, it, we see it as a rebuke, but I see it as a blessing. See, listen, listen. Are you ready? When the children of Israel, when, when they were going in to, to get the, uh, into the promised land, uh, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. How many people have been in the wilderness for 40 years? So, well, don't raise your hand. But anyway, they were in the wilderness for 40 years, and, and, and Moses just passed away. The baton was given to Joshua. Joshua was now the, the man to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And so they had to conquer uh, Jericho, which was one of the strongest and fortified cities in in that land and it had big walls and it was fortified and what did God tell them to do he he told them walk around don't say a word think about that he told them walk around and don't say a word for six days they had to walk around the entire city walled city that was impregnable it was impossible to get through and they walked around without saying a word sometimes loose lips sink ships and they walked around as they walked around believing that God was going to do the impossible sometimes we need an angel to shut our mouths because we end up cursing our own selves when the Israelites the first generation the reason why most of them died in the wilderness because they kept complaining they kept talking about circumstances and finally God got so tired of it because they didn't have any faith God said so whatever they say out of their mouths so shall it be to them In other words, your tongue is a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm prophesying that we are going to have our own building next year. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. I love this place, don't get me wrong. But we're in 2018, it's going to be a shift for Exceed Life Church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I approve this message. Hallelujah. God supernaturally shut down Zach's mouth and that allowed him to, that allowed God to be able to move in his life to produce the miracle. Amen. And this is the interesting thing. I want to say this because God's timing is always perfect. And, and we, and if you study the Bible, you find out that John, uh, John the Baptist was the son of, of Zacharias and Elizabeth. And John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. He was the mighty man in the wilderness. He was the one that baptized Jesus. And Jesus said he was one of the greatest prophets of all time. And he didn't even do a miracle. But he baptized Jesus, the Lord of glory. That's pretty good. He prepared the people's hearts for Jesus to preach the word of God. Amen. He was one of the mightiest prophets that was raised up. 
Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, but he had, he was a martyr for, for his uh, belief in God. And we know this, you may not know this, but his head was cut off. You know, he was sent to prison and his head was cut off. But see, see, I really believe that God spared John's parents because they were old age when they had John. And so, you know, that, that, he, that God wa- wanted to position them in a place where they would be spared of the grief of their son getting their head cut off. Or you hear what I'm saying to you today. So you, you think, oh, they missed the miracle. No, they, they were right on time for their miracle because God was looking after them and their hearts. And God is always looking after you and your hearts pertaining to the promises of God and when he delivers them. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today, saints? God is not, has not forgotten about you. God, man, you know, like I always say, your picture's in his wallet. My picture's on his mantle, but... <laughs> Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we, so, so, so we have to understand that Simeon, I got to close this down. I got to close this down. Simeon is another story uh, of the Christmas story. And Simeon uh, blesses Jesus and prophesies about uh, Jesus over Joseph and Mary. And this is interesting. I got to close this down, but just, just hang with me a couple more minutes. In Luke 2, 25 and 30, it says this. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. Notice it talks about the man's character. Just like Zacharias and Elizabeth, he was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit... Amen. Was with him. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came to the he came in. He so he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and notice this. It says here, he took Jesus up in his arms. Now, this is what was a traditional thing that the Jewish people did. They had the, the babies after eight, eight days, I believe on the eighth day, they had the baby um, uh, blessed by the priest. We do that here. We don't water, bat- we don't sprinkle ba- water on babies and baptize babies, but we, but we do have the parents dedicate the babies and we pray over a blessing over the babies. Amen. And so here it says here that when, when Simeon, uh, Simeon was there, he was raised up and he, and, and he, he had Jesus in his arms. And, and it says here, it says saying he blessed Jesus or blessed the baby. It said, and he put him in his arms and he blesses God and he blesses God. Notice that he blesses God. I don't think you caught that. Jesus is God in the flesh. God allowed a man to hold him. And, and this is what I'm saying to you today. We're looking, always looking for the blessings of God. But are we looking to bless God? Can a man bless God? A lot of people say, oh, no, no, man. God can't get any blessings from, from man. I beg to differ. When we serve God with a heart of love and we start serving others with a heart of love and we start giving like Jesus, it blesses God. When you come to church and you come into church to receive from God so you get more of God in your life, so you can spread the gospel of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're blessing God. When you worship God, when it's almost impossible to worship God because you're in the valley and everything about you and the circumstances says don't worship God, and you lift up your hands and you give the sacrifices, the praises, in spite of it, your faith blesses God. 
you here today. You got faith and you pushed through. Some of you pushed through some obstacles and it has blessed God this morning. Showing up blesses God. Worshiping God blesses God. Giving your tithes and offerings when you're not seeing the fullness of the blessing blesses God. And he blesses you back. God's just looking for a few people that will just believe him. He's just looking for a few people that will just stand up and be counted. He's just looking for somebody that would would believe him in spite of what it looks like, in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the obstacles. Man, listen, when Jesus come back, he's coming back soon, saints. It's bad out there in the world. Jesus is coming back soon. And when he comes back, the Bible says, will he find faith? Will he find those doing the right things when he comes back? He will find it in this church. He will find it in you. He will find it in me. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. We thank you, Father, for your mercies, for your goodness, for your love. Father, you love us with an everlasting love. You care about everything we care about. Oh, Father, I know there's some in here. They're struggling in their faith. They're in the valley of despair. And, Father, I know that you want to bring them on top of the the mountain of blessing. And I know that there's some in here that they're struggling. Maybe some about ready to quit. Maybe some that have sort of back slid back into the world in some degree because they're not seeing the blessing. Father God, I just ask you to reveal truth to each person. But for those that don't know God, for those that know that they need to get their life right, they're living in the world and living for the world and living for themselves, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you this morning, if this message is touching you, you need to get Jesus in your life. Because the alternative is eternity in hell. And I'm telling you that the best gift that you can receive this Christmas is the gift of Jesus. And if you're backslidden, you need to give your heart back to the Lord. So I want to encourage you to do that this morning. I want you to say this after me and mean in your heart. Say this, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you were raised for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my, and my Savior. I'm turning, back, I'm turning my back on the world, sin and selfishness, and I'm turning fully to you, Lord. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 